Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, it's Rachel Hollis, and this is the Start Today podcast. The Start Today community are people from every walk of life all around the world, but we all have one important thing in common. We're all trying to become a better version of ourselves. This is a community of dreamers and doers. This is a cohort of learners and leaders. This is a space where we celebrate trying again, learning from failure, and rooting each other on. We believe that when you start each day with gratitude and intention, you can produce incredible results. Start today, this way. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to a new episode of RHP. That's Rachel Hollis Podcast. I'm pumped that you're here. And here on a Monday, or here for a Monday episode, whatever day of the week this happens to get you, Monday episodes are pretty important around these parts. If you are new to this community, if you haven't hung out with us very much, on Mondays, The episodes are dedicated to people who are working on something. You're developing yourself, you're building a business, you're working on that side hustle, maybe you're going back to school, you're getting out of debt, you are training for your first marathon. Whatever it is you are doing, Monday episodes are specifically for you. This is the Start Today episode on RHP. Start Today is this really rad community of people who are doing stuff. We're not just dreaming about it. We're actually working on it. And if you're not already hanging out with us on Instagram, you totally should be at Start Today Brand. There's just tons of content for people who are making stuff and doing stuff and trying stuff out. And today's episode is the most requested, the most questions that we have gotten overwhelming response from the Start Today community asking about this topic. So today we're going to dig into what to do if the people in your life do not support the dream. What to do if your husband doesn't support your desire to be an entrepreneur. What to do if your wife sometimes feels like she's sabotaging your health journey. What to do if your mama keeps questioning your choices. What to do if you feel like, man, Rach, I wish I had people saying things in opposition of my dreams. I feel like I don't have anyone to talk about my dreams with at all. So many of you ask me what to do if your own community is not on board with the vision, with the dream, with the goal, with the thing that you are chasing, and today's episode is for you. The only thing I'll ask is what I always ask. If you find this episode helpful, will you consider sharing it with someone that might find it helpful too? Now, let's dig in because this is a juicy topic and we have a lot to discuss, specifically how people convince you to give up on your dreams. And not just how, but why. 
Why does this happen? If you have never experienced something like this in your life, it means that you are super blessed to be surrounded by people who are major cheerleaders of yours, and no matter what it is that you do, they are rooting for you, they are right there beside you, they are trying to help you get to the goal. Or, honestly, you're not doing anything in life that challenges the status quo for the people around you. We don't get any pushback from people in our community when we're not doing anything that people in our community find unusual. I'm going to talk a little bit about my personal development journey, and I know a bunch of you have heard it before, so you could, you know, skip ahead if you need to. But for those of you who haven't heard this, I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, started my business when I was a teeny tiny <laughs> embryo and had no idea what I was doing. I think like most small business owners and slowly just worked and grew and figured out what it is. In the beginning, I owned an event planning business and did really small events and then grew that to bigger events, luxury events, big fancy weddings, Sundance Film Festival parties, movie premieres, things like that. Like I did, I did big events and I thought that that is what would make me happy and I didn't love it in the end. I really just had had my fill of bridezillas. I, I had a lot of really nasty brides, some of which ironically, you guys, are now on reality shows, which I find so funny. In retrospect, I'm like, yeah, it makes total sense that she is a monster on that reality show because she was also a monster in real life. That's neither here nor there. I was feeling pretty unhappy in my event planning business. And this was like 2007, beginning of 2008. And I kept hearing about blogging. I didn't really know what this was, but I knew people were writing things, putting them on the internet. And I had wanted to be a writer since I was a little girl. So I started blogging. Eventually that blog started to grow and get better. And I built a team around it and I turned it into a business. It was back before we had the word influencer, but I had this website that lots of women all over the world came to. We got about a million visitors every month, which was huge for me back in the day. And I would do lifestyle posts, recipes, and here's what you're going to wear to Easter Sunday. And brands would pay to advertise on my website or to be part of a post in an organic way. And it was really fun. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I do sometimes look back on that time period and think, man, if I had the knowledge that I have now back then, the things I could have done. But I did it. I <laughs> found a business I really liked. I really liked the business of communicating with women through media. And that has been my business ever since. It was the website, and then it was books that I wrote, and then it was this podcast. And along that way, the desire to grow my business meant that I had to figure out how to be a better leader. It was not something I'd ever been trained to do before. And so I started to go to conferences for business. And in those conferences, they would always just sort of be sprinkled with personal development information. I had never grown up. I didn't know Jim Rohn or Tony Robbins or Nightingale or Think and Grow Rich or just like any of these teachers that now are so much part of the vernacular. I didn't know any of that information, but I started to hear a bit about it. And I was having a lot of success implementing the things I was learning at business conferences to help me with my business. And around about that same time, as the business started to grow, I started to get really, really bad anxiety. I had two little boys and this company that was growing, and I kind of had no idea what I was doing. And it was such a fast pace, and I am such a tend to be a workaholic and really hard on myself. I'm an Enneagram 3. I'm an achiever. I kept pushing, pushing, pushing. My anxiety gets worse. And I was treating that anxiety by drinking wine every night. And drinking one glass of wine led to drinking two glasses of wine. And I wish it was like, you know, at the very least, like a gorgeous French bottle of it. No, it was like boxed wine from Target. It was like the least classy way to try and treat <laughs> anxiety. 
So I was drinking every night to try and deal with the anxiety, which just as a side note, if you are in the same boat, I'm telling the story so you understand you are not alone, but I also want to make a point of saying, if you've never heard someone tell you this, alcohol is a natural depressant. It's a natural depressant. In the moment that you're consuming alcohol, it can numb the feelings that you're having, those feelings of anxiety. The problem, especially with something like wine, is that the sugar content in it is going to metabolize in your body in a way that feels like energy, right? Like you had a bunch of coffee, like you have this sugar running through your veins, which amps up your system, which makes you feel kind of jittery, which makes you feel like you got to move, which if you are struggling with anxiety is replicating what happens to your body when you get anxious. So you're taking something in, the alcohol is actually dampening that feeling in the very beginning, but the sugar content and what you're drinking is going to come right back around and feel like anxiety in your body when it's actually sugar in your body. Your nervous system doesn't know the difference between three shots of espresso or the sugar in your margarita. It just knows that when it feels like this, it usually means anxiety and it can throw you into an anxiety attack. That's just a side note from me to you. That's me, your friend, telling you that the alcohol you are drinking to try and cope with the anxious feelings you have is at the most, it's a Band-Aid. It won't last long term. And far more likely is that you're actually doing something that's going to cause more harm than good. So <laughs> I found myself in this anxious place. Now I feel like, hold on, I got to just real quick, if someone's like, wait a minute, you got me, I am that person, but how do I fix it? Real quick, therapy, real quick, cutting out caffeine, real quick, therapy again, real quick, moving my body every single day to bring down the cortisol levels and stress inside of me, real quick, therapy, 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 the physical response you're having in your body is because of an emotional feeling that you have not yet processed. Also, adaptogens. Very specifically, holy basil, look into it. Now, you guys, I swear, there is a point to today's podcast besides anxiety, but I just want to cover those bases in case anyone needed it. So I find myself having all of this anxiety, but I didn't know the things I just told you. I didn't know that caffeine was making it worse or that the wine was making it worse or that I needed to go to therapy but I was having all of the success on the business side by implementing things I had learned from people who were smarter than me. So I thought, could that work for my emotional health or my mental health? Are there books out there about this topic? Are there teachers out there who know more than I do? And maybe you're laughing in the fact that I didn't know it existed. But you guys, this was so long ago. We didn't have... Instagram reels. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have this plethora of information that you guys have at your fingertips to access conversations around mental health. So I didn't know that they existed. I start looking, lo and behold, of course, there's all of this information. And in those books that I was acquiring to try and help myself to feel better, I started to find books that were about how to become a better version of me. How do I become a better version of me? How do I do things better? How do I take on life with more intention? How do I live better? How can I be healthier? How can I be a better mama? Like all of this stuff. So I started this journey and just absolutely loved it. I felt like I had found information I had been waiting for my entire life. And I was so excited about it. I talked a bit about this in last week's episode, if you want to go listen. The big first thing that I did when I was working on figuring out how to be a better version of me was I built a morning routine, which sounds so basic and so generic, but if you've never intentionally established habits in your day, something like that is life-changing. And in establishing this morning routine, I felt so much better. I had so much more energy, focus, drive, joy. Like I was waking up every day feeling like this is the woman I always believed I could be. I was on fire. The problem <laughs> was that 
my partner at the time could not understand what I was doing. Now, I had always been at a bit of a opposition with my ex-husband in terms of what I saw for my future and what I wanted and building a business. And he was so supportive of me having like a cute little hobby business. But the more that that cute little hobby business started to become something bigger, the less he could kind of understand. And I so clearly can see that through the eyes of an older, wiser person who gets that not everyone can see the things you can see. And I'm going to dive into that really deeply. But I was younger and I didn't get it and I didn't have the tools and I didn't have the confidence. So I hid my ambition. I hid my hopes and dreams. I didn't speak them out loud because when I did, I felt like they were received so badly, not just by my partner, but by anyone. If I told my family, if I told my friends, I would be like, someday I'm going to write a book. And people would be like, okay. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to be a number one New York Times bestseller. I'm going to do that someday. And because I was raised to be such a people pleaser, when I would tell someone my dream and it would be met with maybe they'd tease me or I could tell that they didn't get it or sometimes I could tell that they outright disapproved, it would just completely shut me down. Like I would just, I was like, like, okay, I won't, I'll just, you know, hide myself away. And I realize now like play small. I wrote about this in depth in the book, Girl Stop Apologizing. If you feel like you're in that world and you're surrounded by people who don't get you, check that book out at the library and see what it has to say. But I just didn't understand why it felt like no one, no one got me. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm guessing that many of you, because we got so many questions about this, that many of you feel like nobody gets me. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets what I'm saying. I'm going to give you so many ideas today. And we're going to talk about why people do that and how you can overcome it and all of that stuff. But I think I'd love to just give you the like top line viewpoint from me to you before we go one step further. You are going to have to do this goal. You are going to have to push this dream forward. You are going to have to do this thing without anybody getting it. Period. If you listen to this podcast episode because you were hoping that I was going to tell you how to convince other people to support your dream, you're listening to the wrong chick because I don't have that story. I have no examples to offer you of telling someone a dream that I hadn't yet achieved or that didn't exist out in the world and having anybody get what I was saying. Do you know how you get support? You pay for it in the beginning. You hire teammates to help you build the dream. And they still might not be able to get what you ultimately see on the horizon, but you find people that can at least help you get steps one, two, and three, right? Like I could hire people to help me do social media. I'm making up a story. Like let, let's say back in the day before I ever had a best-selling book. I could hire a team to help me work on my website and be like, your job is going to be to edit this website. And your job is going to be to put out social posts to let people know about the website. And I, as the dreamer, as the leader of this thing, I know that where we're headed is best-selling cookbooks. I know that where we're headed is personal development books sold in the millions. I know that where we're headed is selling out arenas filled with women, going to conference, changing their life. I know that's where we're headed. But if I tell this team around me that that's where we're headed ultimately, people are going to crap their pants. They're going to be like, this chick is crazy. And to be honest, it's really good to have practical people grounding you when you are a dreamer. But in the beginning, if you want support to build the dream, I'm not the person who's going to tell you how to convince your wife that it's the right choice. You want to know how I got the people in my family to support the dream? I achieved it. I achieved it. That's how. <laughs> never, never one time. Never one time. I don't, it does not matter how loving my partner was. It does not matter what a friend they were. It doesn't matter what they said later. Never did anyone around me get the thing I was trying to do until I did the thing I was trying to do. When I wrote my first book, people were like, oh, she can write a book. When I produced my first RISE conference and 150 people showed up, even though it was a small group, everyone who was there was like, oh, this is a thing. This is a thing. When I did the first Start Today journal, oh, we sold 18,000 journals in 24 hours. Like, oh, this is a thing. People never got it until I did it. Girl, wash your face. Girl, wash your face has sold millions. I don't even know the number. Millions of copies. So many copies, you guys. It's translated into like, I don't even know, 50 languages, like something bananas like that. Girl, wash your face. Girl, wash your face was turned down by every publisher except for two. 
every single publisher except for two were like, I don't get this book. And I was an established, successful author when I pitched that idea. People were like, women don't want to hear another woman talk about back fat. This is too gross. This is too graphic. Like you're telling a lot of stories about being a mom. I don't get it. Nobody got the thing until I did the thing. And here's the bitch. Can we just say it? Here it is. As soon as I got the thing, as soon as I did it, as soon as I showed them what it was, then everyone around me was like, oh my, we knew it. We always knew. We always knew. We are so proud of you. We always knew. I'm like, this is wild to behold. Wild. There is a sense of satisfaction when those people who doubted you so much suddenly are your biggest <laughs> cheerleaders. But I tell this story because back then I was so freaking grateful to finally have earned their love and support. It never occurred to me back then that it was unfair that I didn't have their love and support no matter what. And I guess that's kind of the distinction I want to make today is that there is a big difference between someone saying, man, baby, I don't see it, but I freaking bet on you every time. I bet on you every time. You are the one. Like if anyone can do it, you can do it. Like I don't get it, but don't you let me not getting it deter you from chasing it down. And I don't know how to support you at the highest levels, but baby, I can support you by, you know, listening to you vent or process what you're going through. I can rub your shoulders. I can make you dinner. I can do things to support you in this process, even if I don't get what this process is. That's the difference. That's the difference. You don't have to have someone who gets every piece of what you're trying to accomplish in order to be a support system. What I'm specifically talking about is the opposite of that. It's the people who don't get it and because they don't get it, try and convince you to quit. Man, I had a lot of people try and convince me not to do things. So many. People I loved most, the experts in the field, turned down for this, turned down for that. Every single time that I went into any new area still today, guys, still today. I'm like, look at all of these things. And then I'm like, I, hey, I know this is kind of weird and you haven't seen it before, but like check out this thing. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Just keep writing these books. Just keep doing this podcast. Just keep doing this thing. My production company, you are listening to or watching a podcast created by my production company. We've done, gosh, probably... Ugh, five podcasts for me over the years. We've done, I mean, five or six for other people within our network. My production company is called 3% Chance. Have you ever heard me tell the story of why it's called 3% Chance? When I was very early in my career, back before I had the website that was successful, back when I was an event planner and I was just starting to blog I was pretty well known in LA for the types of events that I threw, and I got called by a producer to host a show. They were producing a show about weddings, and they were looking for a host locally, and I went you know, to have an audition or whatever you do, and I got a call back, and I got a call back again, and the whole time I'm telling my husband at the time, I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, I keep getting callbacks. Like, I think I'm getting pretty far into this process. And it comes down to me and a couple other people, and I have one final round, and I go do this meeting, and it goes really well. And that night at dinner, I went home, and I told my husband at the time, I said, I think I might get this show. I might get this TV hosting show. And he goes, oh, honey. I'm like, what? Like, he looks at me like, I'm a little kid. And he's like, oh, the, the chances of you hosting a TV show are, I mean, a million to one. And I was like, a million to one? A million to one? Like, 
I've done like seven rounds of interviews. I, I'm, I'm pretty far in the process. I feel like the odds have got to be better than a million to one. And he's like continuing to eat his dinner. And he's like, okay, not a million to one. I'd say you got like a 3% chance. And I'm like devastated, heartbroken. Like I'm such a dreamer. And to have someone dream crush me when it felt like I was so close, I was like, what? 3%? And he's like, sweetie, I just don't want you to get your hopes up. I just want you, he used to always say, I want you to temper your enthusiasm. Just like, I don't want you to be hurt if this doesn't happen. And guys, I do believe that was his truth. I believe in that moment, and this has got to be 20 years ago, I do believe that he was going about it in a very wrong way, but that he was trying to temper my enthusiasm. And I was so hurt, and I believed him. I was like, oh, he's probably right. I probably don't have a chance. And the next day, the producers of that show called and asked me if I wanted to be the host. And that day, I went on Etsy and I found someone who did custom bracelets. And I had them stamp 3% onto a bracelet. And I wore that bracelet for the next 10 years. And if you look at the logo on anything we do when we have the Quibi show or any of our podcasts, you'll see the number three with a percent symbol on everything we do, 3% chance. And I wore that bracelet every day as a reminder that even the person who loved me most in the world could not see what I could see. And it's a really important decision that you have to make in this life. Everyone around you, the people that you love most on the planet might not get this vision. They might not understand it. They might never understand it. And the question for you is, are you going to let that stop you? Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas, the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market. Because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. 
You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach. Maybe the question for you right now in this season is, are, are you already letting it stop you? Are you already letting what they think keep you from going where you need to go and doing what you need to do? Let's dig into why. Before I jump into how they control us, how they get us to stop, how they get us to stay stuck, I'd love to dig in to why. Why do the people who love me most hurt me this way? I'm going to bring in one of the greatest quotes of all time, Eleanor Roosevelt, I think, nobody can make you feel badly without your consent. It is real and true and it sucks because you have to take responsibility for how you are processing the feelings of others, but that is the reality. They can't make you feel any kind of way. But maybe we're not there yet. So let's dig in to why they are acting the way that they're acting. And just so we're clear, they is anyone in your life, mama, daddy, partner, siblings, friends, strangers on the internet, your boss, your eighth grade nemesis, anyone in your life that you are buying into their belief system and it's keeping you stuck. It's, it's helping you to stay here. So why do they do it? Number one, and I think that this is a really big and common thing, they cannot see what you can see. The people in your life cannot see what you can see. God did not give them the vision that she gave you. That's why they can't see it. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they don't love you. It doesn't mean that they aren't a great partner in a hundred other ways, but they can't see the thing that you can see. And that is the beauty of deciding that you don't need them to see it in order to do it. Because in order to do it, you'll have to take steps, take action, try things, do things. Here's an attempt. Ooh, that didn't work. Okay, I'm going to tweak this. Here's another attempt. Oh, a little better over here. This side needs to be adjusted. Okay, keep tweaking, keep tweaking until you get to the place where your vision has been made manifest, but your vision has been made manifest through trial and error that made it good enough to succeed. One of the reasons that they might not be able to see it is that you don't know how to communicate the vision. And P.S., if you spend all your time and energy trying to communicate the vision to people who don't have vision, you're spending your energy on the wrong thing. I do uh, investing. I do a lot of investing. I, I specifically invest in startups that are female founded and work on women's health. And in this space, I get to look at decks of people who are, they're in their series A, they're, they're, they're doing beginning fundraising. There's like every stage of fundraising development and people have different, successes and different decks, as it were, in different places of their fundraising journey. And what's really, I shouldn't laugh, but what is very precious is the people who have a deck who are in their first fundraise versus someone who's in like their series B, which is later, much later in the development journey. Because I literally was just looking at a deck yesterday from someone brand new and bless, bless them. I, I was like, oh, you're so early to this. You don't, you don't know how to communicate the vision. The only thing 
they had really was a very beautiful deck explaining the problem they wanted to solve. But there was no information about how they were going to solve it. And my question was like, wait, do you actually have a do you have a plan to solve it? Or we're just you just want us to give you money because you see a problem here. And I actually don't know if they have a solution or if they're really if I was like, can people raise money without actually having a, any business? And part of me was like, oh, I should call this. She was a young woman. I'm like, I should call her and like have a call with her. So at the very least, I could give her some insights on, hey, I don't know a lot of people who are going to invest. I don't know. I don't know a lot of angel investors that would just do this. You need to communicate it a little bit better. But then I'm like, no, no, because that's part of the journey, right? Part of the journey is I send this thing out into the world and nobody gets the vision. And either I quit because I think I'm not good enough, or I take the lack of response as feedback that I need to make it better. But unless you're like homegirl who's trying to get me to spend a bunch of money with her, you don't need to convince other people to see the vision. You do not need to convince your mother-in-law to buy into the vision of what you're trying to do unless you need her to help you do it in some way. Number one reason people are not supporting you, they can't see it. And unless you need them for some reason, stop trying to help them see it. Just build it, then they'll see it. Second reason that they are not supporting you, they're afraid of change. Most human beings are afraid of change. And you attempting to change in any way holds up a mirror to their life and makes them see oh, look, Mary's over there doing all this cool stuff and I'm still here doing the same thing. Why do you think we freak out when we see people on social media who are in our similar industry or maybe our same stage of life or maybe a similar family and they're doing this and they're on vacation and they got that cute bag and they're going over here? We feel a certain kind of way about that because on some level we're like, well, where is my vacation? I work just as hard as Joe. Why does Joe and his family get to go do this thing and I'm still stuck here? When we change, it holds up a mirror to other people who either get inspired by that change and it prompts them to do something or they try and keep us from changing because if we don't change, then they don't have to change. This is really, really common in couples especially, and I know you all know this, I know it because I know you guys, especially those of us who go on a personal development journey and have a partner who's not on a personal development journey or who has never done that kind of work. They don't get it. They don't like it. It's like at Rise, I always ask that question. I'd always be like, who has someone in their life who is actively questioning why they are at this conference right now. And 90% of the audience would raise their hands. And then the follow-up question is, the people in your life who are talking crap about the fact that you're at a personal development conference, keep your hand up if those people have ever gone to a personal development conference. And literally every hand falls because people don't want you to change in ways they don't understand. But friends, if they don't understand the way you're trying to change, then how... Do they know what they're talking about? They don't. They don't know what they're talking about. But they do have a lot of influence in your life. So you buy into their wisdom about why you shouldn't do the thing you're trying to do. They fear change. I bet some of you have a partner who has fear for the same reasons. You know, it's like if you love yourself more, then you won't allow someone to disrespect you. If you love yourself more, you won't allow yourself to be lied to. If you love yourself, you want the best for yourself. And in loving yourself and wanting the best for yourself, you may very well realize that the best for yourself isn't this friend group. The best for yourself isn't this job. 
the best for yourself isn't this girlfriend. There might be a real good reason why your partner is so afraid. The last reason, conscious or not, all of these are conscious or not. People might have these feelings about you and they're shoved down deep and they don't even know why. So the third reason that people try and talk you out of it, try and get you to quit, try and get you to give up, conscious or not, is that they are jealous. They are jealous. And there's two ways to have the tallest building in town. One way to have the tallest building in town is to build the tallest building. The other way to have the tallest building in town is to knock down all the other buildings so no matter how tall you are, you're reigning over everybody. They maybe don't have your talent. They don't have your skill. They don't have your audacity. They don't have your courage. They don't have those things that you have. And so they don't like you acting in ways they don't feel like they are allowed to act. Ooh, this is one. This was a huge one in my life, and it took me so long to figure this out. When I went through my divorce, I was stunned, stunned at how many women attacked me online. I mean, they found every way, an email, online, social media, comment sections, to tell me what a bad mom I was and to tell me what a bad woman I was and to tell me, you know, they had believed in me as a wife and all of these things and I had failed because I was getting divorced. I could not believe it. And those same women then went to my ex-husband, like went to him on social media and like, oh, this poor thing and like this horrible woman and she did all of this stuff to you and this like just whole like gross toxic thing of women who did not know my story and did not know why I had to leave this marriage. None of those women knew that, but they made a decision about me and who I was and were so hateful to me about it. And it destroyed me. I had never experienced that particular thing from women that I thought were in my community and like I thought we were like in this together and I could understand people being disappointed. Like I'm still sad that Blake Shelton and Miranda broke up. Like I get it, but I could not believe attacking someone, especially like I was so low. I was so down. I was trying to take care of my kids while my ex was spiraling. Like I was, all of these things were happening while this group of women were attacking me. And I could not understand where that came from. But I have a theory all these years later. Controversial theory. I think that there is a whole group of women, and men too, I'm sure, who were raised the same way I was. They got married very young. They they said the vows. They said, till death do us part in sickness and in health all of these things, they took those vows and they find themselves inside of a toxic, unhealthy marriage, maybe in a very similar place that I was, and they don't think they can leave. That's my theory. They don't think they're allowed to leave. They don't believe. They buy into the narrative. They think, nope, I took these vows. I said these words. I am in this. This person is drowning. This person is doing these things to me and my kids. This person is all of it. We've tried every which way to get him. We're doing it. But you know what? By God, I will go down with this ship because I said these vows because that is what I believe. And then here comes me, your pal Rach, who does something in opposition of this thing that we all agreed to do. We were all in the till death do us part club. I did something in opposition of that. I made the decision to leave my marriage and I just did it. I just did it and I'm still here and I'm still kicking and it was so freaking hard and it was one of the most brutal experiences of my life, but I did it 
And I think that it's like, have you ever heard the story about lobsters in a pot of boiling water? It's a horrific analogy, but this idea that like if there's a bunch of lobsters in a pot of water, the boiling water, they put all the lobsters in and a lobster tries to climb out, that the other lobsters in the pot will grab it and pull it back down into the boiling water. I think that's what those women were doing. I think that they don't like seeing someone take action in opposition of the rules that we all agreed to. I broke the rules. I did the thing that you're not supposed to do and I'm on the other side of it, still alive, still happy, still healthy. My kids are thriving. I made the right choice, the absolute right choice for myself and my children but I didn't make the choice that they would have made. I think publicly it looks like this sort of moral outrage that a woman would choose to get divorced. But I think privately, I've made a decision that lots of people don't feel like they have the freedom to make. And rather than acknowledge that, they do what they can to destroy it. I actually think an interesting thing about jealousy is that when we experience it, we don't always know that that's what's really at play, especially when it comes to your moral outrage. I'd love for you to look at that in your own life. If you feel like you have someone attacking you for something, the fact that, you know, you're a working mama when your mother-in-law stayed home, right? The fact that you went to college on scholarship and your older sister has a bunch of student loan debt. The fact that you are experiencing something that they don't get to experience. And so perhaps there's a feeling of jealousy and it might not even manifest or show up in your relationship as something ugly and dark or rude. Someone being jealous of you can absolutely show up as concerned. Well, sweetie, we're just concerned. We're so concerned about you. And because it comes from that place and because it seems grounded in love, you buy into the idea that you should care more about their concern than about your own feelings. People do crazy things. People make wild choices from their place of fear or judgment from their narrative, from their belief structure. But if you spend your time trying to figure out why they are so obsessed with stopping you from doing your thing, you're never going to do your thing. That's why, those are just a few reasons why people try and stop us. Now let's talk really quickly about how. How do they stop us? Because I'm interested to know if any of you will hear this conversation today and for the first time realize that that's what your boyfriend's doing or that's what your bestie is doing. People try and stop us through passive aggressive comments. I'll tell you right now, I have a BS meter when it comes to people who are passive aggressive. I tune into it so quickly when it's like you say, they say these little digs or these little, I honestly think passive aggressive people are the most toxic people in the world because they don't have the courage, the maturity, the whatever to just to your face say, this makes me feel like this. I don't like when you do that. I'm concerned about, no, they try and sort of weave it in from the sides, cover it up in something else. It's manipulation. It's manipulation and it's nasty. And I like all of my spidey senses go off when someone says something passive aggressive and I'm like, oh, we're done. We're, we're, we're done. I don't do this. Passive aggressive comments, aggressive comments. Some of you have people in your life right now who straight up just tell you really hurtful things about the thing you're trying to do. Another way that people try and stop you is, and this is a favorite of the internet, they try and remind you of past failures. 
They try and remind you of your past failures. They bring up your past failures all the time. Beware of anyone in your life who is constantly pointing out the ways that you have failed before. This is a power move from Jump Street. This is literally like 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene. This is someone who is trying to control the narrative that you believe about yourself. Like, oh, sweetie, someone's getting too big for their britches. Remember that time in eighth grade when you did blah, blah, blah? Like, y'all have any family members like that? You go home for the holidays and try and like bring you down to size. They want to remind you who you really are. Bitch, that is who I was when I was 14. I'm 57 now or 32 now or 28 now. And they're still trying to remind you of a person you no longer were. Oh, you're going out on a date. Remember that time you went on a date when you were 16 and you peed your pants a little bit and then they made fun of you and they called you pee pee pants for the rest of high school? Like, why do we interact with people who are trying to constantly remind us of some of our worst moments? Beware of anyone in your life who is reminding you of past failures. The other thing families real bad at this is uh, bargaining with you, bargaining with you on your goal, right? This happens a lot in health. You go home for a birthday party. You've been doing so good. You're staying on your health plan. Everything's feeling really good. Here comes your mom. Well, just have a little cheat. It's just cheat. It's just cheddar. It's not, no, thanks, mom. I actually ate before I came. I'm fantastic. I feel really good. I'm not hungry. But you're not going to have any birthday cake? You love this bakery. You know this is tradition. We do this every year. I can't believe that you're not going to have. Just have a little. Just have a little. Just have a little. And when you and I both know that literally one bite of that thing in the current state that you're in will send you into such a spiral where you're like, well, I popped that tire. May as well slash the other three. Give me all the food on the buffet. They bargain with you. Oh, but you worked out so hard earlier today. Just have a donut with me. Why? Because they don't like that you are doing something different than what they are doing. It's so crazy if you think about why anyone in your life would care about you changing your nutrition plan. What you eat does not affect what they eat. But what you eat holds up a mirror to what they are eating. They want everybody here doing the same exact thing so they don't have to feel bad about their choices. They bargain with you. They try and guilt you into it. Raise your hand if you grew up in a family where guilt was the name of the game, right? They try and guilt you into doing that thing that you don't want to do. They play on your weaknesses. They push on your insecurities. People are real good. Narcissists are real good. Family members who've known you forever are real good about pushing the exact buttons that they know will make you have an emotional response that makes you make a mistake. So you know why they do it? This is their own journey, not something you have to solve or fix or worry about. You know how they do it. I think you probably know how they do it before you and I even started this conversation. Let's land the plane on how do you break the control? How do you break the control that this has over you? I started this by saying that you need to get over the hope of having the people who know you best support you best because they might not be capable of that. If they are, fantastic. We're so freaking pumped for you that you have that in your life. But most people will not encounter that and that is okay. That is okay. You do not need support to get where you want to go. I told you earlier in this conversation, you can pay people to help you achieve the dream. You don't need your brother to buy into the fact that you want to be an art director in order for you to be an art director. It's not his dream. Let your brother do what he's going to do. But if you want to break the control that this holds over your life, three ideas for you. Number one, and this is hard, but this is real. You have got to stop seeking external validation. 
You have got to stop getting your validation from things outside yourself. It is because you seek that external validation that the external validation gets to control you. That's why. As long as you need their approval, you will never have full control to just do the things that you're most excited about doing. Stop seeking external validation. Everything you need is already inside of you. And you're like, well, but wait a minute. How do I know if I'm doing better? How do I know if I'm getting closer to my goal? Here's the second thing you need to do. Only compare yourself to who you were yesterday. That's it. Only judge your progress based on who you were yesterday. Not a year ago, not five years ago. How are you compared to yesterday? So if you're not looking out there for external validation and you're just comparing to who you were yesterday, it would mean that every single day you're getting a little bit better. And if every single day you're getting a little bit better, you're getting a little bit closer to the vision that you have for your life, that's it. That's all that matters. That's all you need. Lastly, a lot more practical And this shouldn't be controversial, what I'm about to say, but I understand that it's going to be. I understand that it's going to be. For people who grew up in a similar culture to mine and likely the toxic women who talk crap about me getting a divorce, this is going to be controversial for them. Make your own money. Make your own money. If you want to build something, to try something, to sign up for something, to make something, and you need someone else's money in order to do that, they have control. They do get to have an opinion. They do get to tell you no because it's their money. And I absolutely know that there are a lot of families that are structured where one partner works and makes money and the other partner takes care of the home and maybe the kids. That's beautiful. I love that for you. But unless you have established some really beautiful, very evolved ideas around those finances, every partnership I know where one person makes the money and the other person does a way harder job in taking care of the home and possibly the children, every single partnership I know that looks like that, it's never her money. It's their money, but it's never her money. In every single partnership I know that looks like that, the partner that stays home, which is usually a woman, does not have the ability to decide that she can start a business or that she can sign up for a conference or that she can go get a gym membership. She doesn't have that ability unless she talks to her partner. That's fine. That's your choice. But you're asking me how you can do this thing without needing your partner to support it. Make your own money. But I would not have been able to comfortably make the choices that I have made over the last 10 years if I didn't make my own money. I never have been in a position since I was 11 years old where I didn't make my own money. I had side hustles. I worked at jobs and then babysat on the weekends. I have always had money coming in. It wasn't always as much as my partners, but I always had money coming in that I was making money that I could do the thing. So if you're listening to this, you're like, I really want to start a business, but my husband isn't supportive of the business I want to start. Okay. How much will it cost to start your business? I'm making this up. You're like, it'll cost $5,000. Fantastic. So what are you going to do for you, Sarah, for you, Becky, for you, Steve, to save up $5,000 so that you can go do your own thing on your own terms? And the beauty of that, which by the way, is how everybody should be starting a business if you're going to do it, is always with a surplus of cash, not by using your resources that are going to hurt your family if you don't succeed. That way you do it on your terms. And if it all goes to hell in a handbasket, if your partner was right and making that crazy thing was a horrible idea and you shouldn't have, well, fantastic, no skin off anybody's, no, it didn't hurt anybody. You, you know, did what you had to, you babysat or you worked extra shifts or you did whatever, you saved your own money 
And then you got to do with it exactly what you wanted to. And then it wasn't Brian's opinion. It was your thing, your money, your choice. Make your own money. Whatever it is that you're wanting to do probably has some financial implication. So if the reason that you need their buy-in is because you need their literal buy-in, stop chasing that. Find a way to do it without their support, which is a beautiful ownership all in its own. You're chasing this thing not because of the thing you want to achieve. You're chasing this thing because of who you're going to become in the journey to it. And if part of the journey to it is you taking ownership of all these different things, pulling the validation back to something internal, listening to your intuition, taking ownership of your personal finances, like all of those choices are going to require such an incredible evolution of who you are as a human. I can't wait to see what you become. You don't need their support. It's great to have it, but you don't need it. You need your own support. You need your own buy-in. You need to be your own cheerleader. Stop obsessing. Stop worrying. Stop being so emotional. Stop tripping out in your head. Just do the next right thing for what you've got to get done. Go back to your start today journal. Go to today's gratitude. Go to the very bottom of the page, the goal I'm going to achieve first. See what that goal is. Now go to the blank pages in the back of your journal. Start writing out what's the next right thing that you can do to get you closer to this dream. It's not getting Joe to believe in it more. It's getting you to take action as if you believe in it more. Guys, I hope that was helpful. I love hanging out with you. I love going deep. I love talking about the goals, the dreams, the whole thing. If this episode was helpful, please do me a favor. Do our whole team a favor, all of our editors here, everyone who works on the show. Would you just share it? Would you put it in your social media or share it with a single friend that you think would find it helpful? We're so grateful to have you. Hope you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you like a visual, if you're like, you know what, I like audio, but I really need graphics and visual to kind of hit a different part of your brain, make sure you check out the YouTube. We'll be back soon with more conversation. And until then, as always, I love you. And I'm rooting for you. The Start Today podcast is hosted and produced by Rachel Hollis. Executive produced by Jack Noble. Audio editing by Andrew Weller. It is part of the 3% Chance Network. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org.